the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. Hey everybody, welcome to the KyberCast, episode three. We call it Eternity, because it's been taking that long since we've had a, a podcast. Uh, so I apologize. Um, we've had a lot of life things happen. So it's, welcome. It's all your fault. All your fault, Jim. Well, I, it is. Nothing's been going on in my life to keep me from <laughs> recording. So it's obviously all your fault. It's obviously all my fault. My name is Joe Becker. I'm with my friend... Michael Diaz. Welcome, Michael. Good to hear your voice again uh, and doing this, uh, whatever we call it. It's always a pleasure. So uh, we talked earlier and we thought we'd jump in and um, talk about Captain Marvel. We both seen the movie um, and it's leading up to Endgame and uh, maybe even talk about how Captain Marvel fits into Shazam and how the irony of both of them being out at the same time uh, is kind of funny um, to me. What did Captain Marvel mean to you? After you saw this, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start with maybe your review, so I don't. Um, oh, that's a that's a deep question. What did it mean? Yeah, to me? yeah, that's, that's a tough call. I see. I I don't know that it meant a lot to me. I don't know that it was supposed to though, because um, not to say that a female superhero movie couldn't mean something to me, but uh, I went in. I, I I've never been a huge fan of the character Captain Marvel. And any of the variations there have been, I do admit I did go back and read some of the issues that the movie was based on. I got some of the trades digitally and read those, and I did, I did enjoy them quite a bit. Um, so, all that to say, I I went in just to be entertained. I went in. Uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be deeper than just a fun popcorn movie, but my approach was I was just going in to have a good time, and I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, and I'll, I'll get into some of the reasons why I liked it so much, but I I don't know that it was a movie that was meant to speak to me, and I don't need know that it needed to. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is there have been plenty of male superheroes at this point, so maybe it's okay that it wasn't supposed to speak to me directly. If that makes sense. I think I hear you. I you know I didn't. I've never read Captain Marvel. I actually didn't know much about her. Right. Um, I didn't get that far into the Marvel universe. What stepped way out. This is kind of the not the fringe, but it's it's certainly on the edge of the mainstream uh, characters. Um, I'm going to say this, and and I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't care that she's female. She's great. Like oh, it doesn't she- matter. Like you know what I mean. And I think you know, I didn't watch it like looking for some kind of political angle, which I think some people did. And I don't think it was there. I think it was just there's a few nods to like you know women can do it too. And, but you know what? I don't think they even need to say that anymore. Like, I don't even think about Captain Marvel as the woman hero. She was just great, just a hero. It doesn't have to be that way. So what what it meant for me was finally getting maybe past that, um, like, that can, just getting past that someone can hold the film. Like, for me, I would watch a Black Widow movie any day of the week. Never well, thought. I've been asking twice. for a Black Widow movie since Avengers. Much needed, right? I mean, I agree. Um, 
So I'm kind of happy. I hope that there's no more of like the uh, super call out of like, oh, it's a woman. It's like, well, no, she's just a hero. She's great. It doesn't like it doesn't matter. And I mean that in the way that hopefully people will take it in a positive way. Um, Cause I thought she was great. I, I it's a great character. Um, I thought uh, Brie Larson was really fun to watch. I thought that she had these little smirks on her face that were really great for the character. It was good. It was almost like a, uh, a maverick of top gun, you know, this kind of, um, gonna do everything and then actually finally learned and then they actually finally learn they learn the human in themselves yeah, um, yeah I can it's see not, that. you know what I mean not to compare it with Tom Cruise it just made me think of Top Gun because there was obviously took place in the 90s the movie you know it was one of those funny plus funny I'm sure things. Brie Larson's taller than Tom Cruise oh everybody is um, <laughs> Rocket Raccoon is taller than Tom Whoa. Cruise shots fired Shots, Shots fired. fired. I, I've I've ran into him once, so I can say this with a, a, a firm. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't step. I up. did actually. No, I'm not that tall either. So <laughs> uh, he is shorter than me, but I'm I'm only five six. I thought it was really fun. I, you know, you know, what I was really happy about was seeing Colson. Like he better be an end game. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be. I don't. I don't he think should he's be. be. Yeah, he, he should be. be. But as far as the MCU films are concerned. He is dead. That was from Joss Whedon years and years ago. Now, I get that the shows are supposed to be canon as well, but I, I don't think we'll see Coulson in the present anytime soon, if ever. So and that's too bad. Getting back. So me not reading the comics, what I really enjoyed was the reversal of who you thought the heroes and the villains were, because surely villains are ugly. Right. 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 That's, that's, fact, how the, that's how the world. So I really love that the the juxtaposition of how we finally got to who the heroes were and th- that was really great because i i wasn't even thinking about a twist you know what i mean it was just going into the movie watching it and um like oh they're the ugly people of course so you know the it was awesome and the, you know the beautiful people were the ones that were the you know um evil i guess yeah in fact that's i listed that as one of my favorite things about the film as well is that because it did, it was a twist in that anyone that is familiar with the Marvel comic universe knows the Skrulls have been bad guys since what, the 60s. Oh, have you they? Know, See, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Skrulls, Skrulls have been around forever. Um, maybe not the 60s. It may have been the 70s. But the point is, they've been in the Marvel universe a good 40 plus years. And they've always been bad guys. They've always, you know, the whole gist has always been, you know, they, they shape shift and they turn into people and they take over their spots and then they try to infiltrate. Hmm. I mean, even just a few years ago, uh, there was a um, secret invasion event in Marvel Comics, well, probably within 10 years now, but still, that was a fairly recent event and the whole gist was Skrulls took over the spots of many different heroes and they were the bad guys. And so I was expecting them to be the bad guys, you know. I knew the Kree Skrull war, that's also from the comics, but. You're right. They twisted it and turned it on its head. And I think we're safe to say that uh, we're in spoiler country now. So if you haven't seen the film yet, you should stop listening at this point. It's been quite a long enough time. Right. This is for fans. <laughs> yeah. We, so all that to say, turning the scrolls into hunted refugees was a twist I was not expecting. I was fully expecting the scrolls to be bad guys, like you said. And turning them into refugees really made the movie 
much more timely than I expected, even though it took place mm-hmm. in the 90s. I mean, mm-hmm. with all the talk about, you know, the border in the U.S. and all the refugees and all the, you know, illegal immigrants and all that stuff. Um, not even, not just here with, you know, the Hispanic and Mexican and Central American and all those different immigrants. We're even talking, you know, people coming from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically straight out people trying to maintain their communities and get away from war. And that is exactly what was happening with the scrolls in this. So it was a nice twist and also made it very timely, I think. So I'm going to ask you as the bigger authoritarian on this subject. Um, so are, were the Kree evil in, in Marvel comics or just uh, another race of really smart people? Like you tell me, I wouldn't go so far as to call them evil. I mean, I guess you could paint them in that light, but I guess no, no one ever believes they're the villain in their own story. So right. I, I go so far as they did a nice depiction uh, depiction of the of the Cree as similar to what we see in the comics in that they're egotistical and that they believe their way is the right way and that they can do no wrong. And so I would say conceited maybe. Hmm. So not necessarily evil, but just maybe a little bit blind to the fact that there are other viewpoints and other ways of doing things and they, they are a bit cold. I mean, they are led by the, uh, um, they are led by a central AI, um, just like in, in the comics and in the movie. So, um, yeah, they're cold, they're cold and they're they're So I wouldn't necessarily call them evil, but, um, but because of that, uh, conceitedness, because that way they just, believe their way is right and there's no other way uh they come across as awfully cold do you how do you feel it fits inside the in in the universe like so they went to the 90s and you know this is kind of like at the same time this is um the origin of not just shield it's not the origin of shield but it's the origin it's the origin of fury in a way um it's the first time he saw some crazy stuff you know but i I would even go so far it was i mean yes shield already existed but I, I would go so far as to say that this, you know, this movie really kind of shows where S.H.I.E.L.D. really kind of got their, maybe not their impetus, but where, you know, you could see that Nick, um, you know, Fury, Nick Fury kind of took the reins and steered them in the direction he thought was best because uh, now that we see that there are aliens out there, they got to be prepared and ready for stuff like this, you know, ready for, you know, not necessarily supernatural, but super, super beings of some sort. So, um and we saw this too, you know, when they went to the Project Pegasus. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, they had, you know, a bunch of experimental equipment there. I mean, obviously, that's where they were working on on the device where they had the uh, uh, the Tesseract. But if you also notice, uh, the ship that they took off, that you know, the the shuttle type craft they had. Did yeah. you notice it was called a quad jet? Oh, no, I didn't pay attention to that. I didn't see that. They, so that's where that engine came from. Well, they call it a quad jet, but then obviously later in the Avengers films, they fly Quinjets. And I think the assumption right. has always just been, well, those came from Tony Stark. But now we see that Project Pegasus, obviously at some point got absorbed by S.H.I.E.L.D. and they took their technology. So quad jet, Quinjet, obviously it's, you know, the next, you know, from four to five, yada, yada, yada. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of those connections that... Um I, you know, I seen, I, I did see the movie twice and I was trying to watch for more, um, little oh, Easter eggs like that the second time. Yeah, I did. Well, uh, we went and saw it again at the smaller theater, like, um, two weeks ago. Um, 
and so there's a lot of fun things uh, in there. I mean, I guess we don't know exactly how Marvell got the Tesseract because last we saw it, Stark's father had it. Yes, but we also know that Stark's father was also a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. And if you go back to the first Ant-Man, Correct. Um, we saw... But she's Stark. not. Who's not? Marvell wasn't S.H.I.E.L.D. No, she but was it was Pegasus. part of... Yes, but obviously we know, like I said, with the Quadjet and the Quinjet, we know that at some point, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to absorb Project Pegasus. And also, okay. uh, Goose dumped the Tesseract <laughs> right. on Fury's desk. That so, I saw, yes, yes, yes. So that I get that part. So that's Which that's I, how Shield got it. Yeah, yeah. I met the first time. Like, how did Marvel get it? So I was assuming she had it. Met with Tony Stark, or um, what's what's his dad's name? Howard. Howard Stark. And uh, I'm I'm glad you're on this podcast because I remember nothing. Um, I hope it's Howard. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, it is. You're correct. You're right. You're correct. So the, clearly they've worked together. Or right. He, he would not give her that that piece well, of energy. Also, we, 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 I mean, like I said, not to get too much in, you know, not to get too granular here, but we don't know how much, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. had to do with Pegasus at that point already. Because remember, when we start off here, Fury's just looks like a senior field agent at, at best. Yep. yep. He's not running it like he is. I mean, I think this is the 90s. He's not running S.H.I.E.L.D. until Iron Man. So that's a good 20 years away. Right. Yeah, I, I forget. It's, I would assume that Iron Man took place the year it came out is the present Give or take, yeah, right. I can't remember if they if they if they said that or not. Um, but really, honestly, overall, I thought the movie was great. I don't put it in the top. I'll, I'll put it in the top half of the Marvel movies. Uh, you know, for sure. You know, we're not going to get into the rankings. It's a it's a show in and of itself that we've talked about. Certainly, a top half for the movies. See, I put it in the bottom half. Really? Now that said, there's not a single Marvel film I dislike. I will even say. Now, again, it's a whole other topic going into the yep. definitive ranking. We'll save it. Right. I even like Thor: The Dark World. So I like Thor: that. Dark World. Yeah. No, I like it too. So when I say it's in the bottom half, I mean the bottom half of gold is still gold. Yeah, right. It's true. So Goose, there's obviously a nod to Top Gun, as as we talked about. Definitely, definitely. And you know what? The only thing that was weird there. So in the comic, the same character or the same. Firkin is in the comics. Oh, is it? Okay. See, these are, this is good. I didn't, I, I didn't want to read this one because I wanted to go in without any kind of uh, notion because I've read pretty much every other character prior except for Guardians of the Galaxies. Well, let me, this is a good chance to plug, even though I don't get any kickback or commission on this. This is a good chance for me to plug if you're ever interested. If you pick up Captain Marvel Volume 1, Higher, Further, Faster, and More, that a large portion of the movie is based on around that, not necessarily for story, but giving you a feel of who Carol is, who Captain Marvel is, and you actually meet, now in the comics, he's not called Goose. In the comics, he's called Chewie, short for Chewbacca. Ah. So oh, I don't know why in the- They own uh, both of them. Exactly. Disney owns both of them, so I don't know why they changed the name, unless they just really, really, really wanted to make that connection to Top Gun, which makes sense. So, um, but yes- uh, Goose slash Chewie was also a, a firkin in the um, in the comics as well. Ah, okay. But yes, huh. Chewie was great. Um, I just want to list real quick what a couple things I really liked about the film. So first off, I love Goose. Um, yep. I, I love the fact 
that there was no romance. I like that. I, I, you know, too many, too many often, not too many often, too often, you have to have a romance, even if it's a male right. character, but almost always if it's a female lead, oh, we have to give her a, a man to be interested in, you know, right? To give her value. No, you don't need that. And in fact, what I liked in addition to that, that there was no romance, that the strength that she drew from ultimately came from her friendship with the, um, with the Rambos. You know, uh, her, right. her yep. pilot friend and then her daughter. Yep. yep. Love that. I love that. I mean, obviously she didn't know who she was at first because of the uh, um, amnesia she had. But then, you know, she fell right back into it and, the, and they were awesome friends and you could see that they were friends. They had good chemistry together. You know, the two actors on screen, they were great. You, the friendship was believable and awesome. So, like I said, I love the fact that there was no romance at all. She is a badass soldier and she doesn't necessarily need romance to kick ass. She just kicks ass. Right. Agreed. Let me, let me throw this at you. Okay. Captain Marvel is Captain America's replacement. In that good feeling of where, where I believe end game is going. It's almost, the stories are very similar, but not similar, but there was like, you know, a point where the person was something before and they became something after due to an incident. One was, you know, one was by uh, choice, one accident. Right. Um, but they're both really, I think the most, um, let's say sound like Captain, Captain America's the, the purest, right? Allegedly, I'm going to say pure as in like justice, like stands for won't, won't skirt the rules. Do you think Captain Marvel does that? Is that a replacement or am I just taking a weird approach? No, I think you're hundred percent correct. I mean, I, I obviously I don't know anything, but I am hundred percent convinced that Captain America is going to die in Endgame, and they need someone not necessarily to replace him, but definitely to succeed him. And she's a soldier as well. Um, just like Captain America was, is, I mean, he's Captain America. Yeah. So, I mean, this uh, this makes sense. I mean, Carol Danvers, you know, slash Captain Marvel, she's led the Avengers as well, just as Captain America has. And in fact, there's a nice uh, scene in one of the comics once where they they both acknowledge each other. Like, he's like Captain. He goes, well, he says Captain. She says Captain. And they just nod at each other and go on about their you know heroing ways. So it'd be nice if we got something like that. But yeah, I I, def- I definitely think she's going to replace him. Or succeed him, or however you want to call it. Well, she won't be like what I believe. You know, the lead, maybe the leader of the Avengers is fine, but I believe that you know either, um, you know, Bucky is going to take over the Captain America mantle, or the Falcon will. Oh, um, much like both, the, both much like the, comic. the comics, yes. Yep. Um, don't know which one. I kind of hope it's the Falcon. To be honest with you, I think I like Winter Soldier the way he is, because I think he's been there. He's he's got the same kind of just. What I think that Captain Marvel brings that what Captain America brings is moral compass. That's what I was trying to get to. They're like the moral compass of, of them. Um, So she won't like, I don't think she's going to, you know, take over the Captain America mantle, but I think she's the moral compass of whatever happens with the Avengers going forward. Maybe. Yes. I can see it. She's in the moral, the soul. I can definitely see I've been, I've been reading up a little about, about um, Captain Marvel before 
uh, this particular podcast. A- am I wrong in that she only like Ca- Carol Danvers only came out in 2012? Okay. Um, yes and no. So here's the deal. Uh, Carol Danvers has been around since the 70s at least. Okay. Now, she has been many characters since then. She's been binary. For the longest time, she was Miss Marvel, where she basically wore like a black one-piece swimsuit with a lightning bolt on it and a sash, a red sash. Basically the same powers, but that's how she flew around. And at some point, I, I don't know if it was 2012 or somewhere around there, she finally took on the mantle of Captain Marvel. Who was actually Marvel. Right. Well, yes. Now, now we're going way back. Yes, Marvel <laughs> was a Cree from back. I he I believe he died. It was either late seventies or I want to say early eighties. He actually died of cancer. And since oh, then, wow. there have been many, many, many characters that have taken on the mantle of Captain Marvel. Um, I mean, uh, we can do a whole podcast just on that. I mean, no, that's just a quick thing for me because I didn't know any of this, which was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so she. I mean, she's always been Miss Marvel. And okay. I, you know, because that, you know, that's how comics were done back in the seventies. Right. You know, yep. she cannot, yeah. she couldn't be, you know, Captain Marvel. She'd be Miss Marvel. Right. So right. obviously at some point, I think I, I, you know, like I said, it could have been right around 2012 when that happened. Um, looks like the uh, first uh, trade was 2014. So it could have been late 2012 when, uh, who was it? Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick took over. And gave her the, you know, the moniker of Captain Marvel and she took on the costume and all that. So 2012 sounds about right where, you know, Carol Danvers took on that moniker, but she's been around for at least 40 years. Cool. See, that's the, that's the kind of, kind of intelligence you bring to this podcast. I'm a, I'm a well-rounded geek. I know a lot of geek stuff. I, I'm not. I, uh, I know my areas of concentration um, and I step into new things and, and try and learn them. No, so you know, I'm sorry. I want. I need to correct myself real quick. The uh, the the trade I I mentioned that volume one in 2014 was well into Kelly's run. There was another one that came out. Yes, in 2012. That was so. Yes, I believe that timeline is correct. Where Carol took over the moniker, but like I said, she's been around for 40 plus years, so she's not new. In fact, I'm gonna take a little tangent here. The reason Rogue from the X Men can fly and has super strength in the comics, not the movies is because she held on to Carol Danvers for too long and took in some of her powers permanently. Oh, wow. That's cool. And it put Miss Marvel at the time into a coma for a long time. And so for the longest time, Miss Marvel and rogue did not get along. (laughs) So that's your geek tidbit. If you didn't know already, that did not. Um, so overall, I think really good movie, really good, nice respite between, the Avengers, um, Infinity Wars, and Endgame, because clearly, you know, when when she comes back at the end of the uh, mid credits or end cre- mid credits, that was pretty sweet. Although she had a longer hair, and everybody wants to know what the hell took her so long coming back to her home planet. I'd like to know that. Well, also, I want to know why hasn't she aged? Right, or maybe she has, and just not as long because you don't age as much in space. I don't know. Um, but still, it's still been 20 years from her perspective. Yeah, from her perspective. Right. So I'm curious about that. Definitely. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it was a nice respite because let's, let's face it. Um, Infinity War was heavy. Not that, yeah. I mean, it was awesome, but 
it was nice that they kind of gave us not so much a breather, but just let's turn it down a notch with first Ant-Man and Wasp and now Captain Marvel. So she has a part of the um, Tesseract in her, which is the which stone, the blue, I don't know what, power stone, right? I, knew, I wasn't prepared for this question. Oh, see. <laughs> but, but she ha- that's part of her chemistry now. The, the Tesseract, which is, I believe, it's the Power Stone, I believe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say yes because I haven't looked it up yet. But yes, I'm just going to say yes. All right. Well, I can look it up as we talk. But so I'm wondering, like, so she is going to be a formidable opponent for um, Thanos. Does that mean like maybe the gauntlet isn't quite as strong as it should be because she has a part of that power? I don't know. Well, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, we've seen that the Tesseract um, can very easily power things. I mean, that was a whole gist of Captain America, the first Avenger. I mean, the, right. the Red Skull was basically, you know, using it to power the, the very advanced laser-like weapons that his uh, his um, Hydra people, his Hydra henchmen were using. So, but that's the thing. Does that power run out? We don't know. So she's imbued with this power now. What does that mean? I mean, it's a good question. Uh, has she taken some of the power from the stone? What's going on here? Okay, so I was wrong. The Tesseract is the Space Stone. There we go. But obviously still and very space powerful. Stone, I'm trying to read it. Uh, by many individuals. But yeah, huh, I mean, interesting. It looks, obviously it's very powerful, as we saw in you know Captain America, the first Avenger. They're using it as a power source. Yes, and I'm, I'm just curious as to if she has a little bit in it as, as the other one saw. Like, can she use it against him? She's going to have to. It's all her power. Be interested to see how she defends or what 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 her power does against uh, Thanos. Because um, I just well at the, at the end of Infinity Wars, am I wrong that he took the gauntlet off and it was basically destroyed? Yes. Yeah, he didn't need it anymore. He was done. But it was. But the, the stones were there. Yeah, I think so. If I remember correctly, the, the gauntlet just kind of uh, uh, imploded within itself, and he was done with it. I mean, last one of the last scenes we see at the end of Infinity War is his armor hanging up as a scarecrow as he just sits and looks over his tilled land. Yep, yep. Finally, he's a happy ease. man. Yes. So that's gonna lead, that's it's gonna be an interesting. I'm, I can't wait as this leads up in Endgame. I'm gonna throw something at you that is interesting that I've read doing some uh, here because I used to be a Shazam fan. Okay, and I, I and I remember him being called Captain Marvel. Correct. So it's interesting when you read up on it, and I, I'm not gonna give the full history here, but basically, Captain Marvel the first appeared in 1939, and under a company called Fawcett Comics. Correct. And, and, you know, I guess at the time, Shazam was just the the the, the magical wizard that, that gave him these powers, which is really cool. If some don't know that, that it stands, it was an a, a, uh, acronym for yeah. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. I didn't know that. This yeah. is, I didn't know that. Even my whole life, I didn't know that. Yeah. that's what he, and, then, and originally, that's what Billy Batson would yell to turn himself into Shazam. Well, now yeah. what they call Shazam at the time. Captain Marvel. Right. Um, I remember that. I mean, I remember the TV show in the 70s. 70s, maybe? There was a TV show at some point. Um, I don't know. You're you're much, much older than I am. I know. Totally. Um, (laughs) Like, what, two and a half years? I mean, so much older. 
Yeah. There was a show, if I remember, or some kind of show when I was a kid. Um, and I don't remember where it was or on TV. Anyways, but I always dug that kind of character. And I think it was, um, it's interesting now that it's coming out. And these two over a time have had, uh, out of legality, I guess DC Comics licensed Captain Marvel. Okay. Here's the gist. You ready? Yep. So, yes, you are correct. Captain Marvel, uh, as well as many other characters, I want to say, was Blue Beetle one of them as well? Possibly the question. Anyhow, there's all these other characters, and DC Comics uh, bought uh, Fawcett. And so they had all these different characters from all these different comics, and they wanted to kind of get their continuity in order, and that's what Crisis on Infinite Earths was all about back in the 80s. Do you remember that huge event? Yep. So they basically reset their reality and reincorporated everything. And that's how they kind of brought Captain Marvel into the universe and whatnot. So when that happened, uh, Marvel kind of uh, stepped in and said, well, you know, Fawcett really didn't defend their um, trademark on that Captain Marvel name. So we have a Captain Marvel as well. So yada, yada, yada. So so it wasn't defended. Okay. Got it. So, I was wondering what. I mean, they can. They still can call. I mean, for years DC called them Captain Marvel, but eventually, in the last you know five ten years, they just gave up and said, "We're just gonna call him Shazam. Just keep it. Yeah, keep yeah, it keep easy. It we'll call it. Yeah. So that way, there's no confusion. But yeah, they both. I mean, yes, he's Captain Marvel or was. As so, like I said, basically Marvel. Marvel just Marvel the company. The company. Like I said, this is not, you know, a verbatim way, but basically, like no. I said, they, they use their legalese to make it so theirs was Captain Marvel, the only. And I, I just find it interesting that now these two are almost at the same time at the movie. Th- well, they will be. I'm sure Captain Marvel still playing in the movie theaters. I'm very much looking forward to this movie, partly because it shows maybe a lighter side where DC can go. I like Zachary Levi. And Shazam to me was a fun character when I was a kid because I think as a it's what what kid at 10, 11, 12 years old doesn't want to yell a name and become Superman, right? That's basically the gist of the damn thing. And but then after I read Kingdom Come, like they made Shazam like the strongest in that, if I read it right. Like he was the scariest one. Almost as if yes. like Billy Batson couldn't almost if as if Billy Batson couldn't control Shazam like like the Hulk. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I I have to read read it again, but I think there was something to that, right? That like, this guy was like crazy powerful. Well, I mean, yes, but they also got to remember Lex Luthor had a hand in that. So he twisted Billy. That is correct. Correct. But only to the point of, but, but because, but at the end of the day, the power was there. Yes. He's Um, also very powerful, but also. You know, it depends on what continuity you're talking about, but it has been established in previous continuities and depends on who's writing what at that point in time. But the gist is that Superman has always had a weakness to magic. Oh, I didn't know that. So so you take, you know, Billy Batson, Captain Marvel, Shazam, whatever you want to call him, who is basically he's 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 Superman, but he's magical Superman, whereas Superman, Kal-El, Clark Kent is right. science Superman. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, Superman has always had, or at least in the 
recent, at least bronze age, if that's what you want to call it, or modern age, when you want to call it, maybe even as back as far as silver age, has had a weakness towards magic. Interesting. I need, I really need to catch up on all that. Like, I don't know if I could ever catch up on all these people's legends because I haven't, you know, I basically the basics of Superman, Batman of DC. Like I like what well, I like and I, I never I've never been doing this for 30 some odd years. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> start now and by the time you're in, you're almost 80, you'll have it. Right. So <laughs> do, do, do you, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I want to see it. You, DC film hater. Um, I'm not a DC film hater. You, I, uh, let's, let's be clear. I mean, obviously, I, I love the Batman films, except uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Let's not talk about that. But yeah, terrible. I mean, the, the problem is DC has made a lot of missteps. So their cinematic universe just isn't as coherent or as It's, it's non-coherent. Right. Yeah. I mean, Judas Priest... They got how many different versions of the Joker running around at this point in time? Three? Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Like, I just saw a poster for the new Joker yeah, that's movie. That's a whole other out. thing, too. Plus, you got the Jared Letter Joker from Suicide Squad, yeah. but now they're rebooting Suicide Squad. That's a whole other podcast. But the point is, yeah, Marvel, now let's, let's face it, Marvel did not have a roadmap for the next 10, 11 years when Iron Man came out. Now, they faked it till they made it, and they were able to put all the jigsaw puzzles all the jigsaw puzzle pieces into place. And now they've made this cohesive story over the last 10 years, 20, 11 years, I think, 22. I films. do think they had a plan up to the Avengers. Yes. Iron Man. Came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Once after Iron Man, they're like, okay, we need a plan. But then Hulk came out and that was really, okay. We're kind of talking about the Avengers at the end of Iron. Or at but the Hulk, end of the but Hulk, Hulk, Hulk was before Iron Man. No, no, no. Okay, I'm not talking Ang Lee Hulk. I'm talking. No, no. Uh, I'm talking the Incredible Hulk was before Iron Man. That's not part of the universe. Mm, I don't believe yeah, so. Yeah, because Tony Stark shows up at the end. I didn't at what end credits or something. I don't remember that. Yeah, Tony Stark shows up at the end to talk to uh, Thunderbolt Ross about uh, the Avengers Initiative. Huh, I missed that. All right, I have to watch also, that. Okay. Also, um, if you, you know, in the beginning of the Hulk, when they're showing a bunch of, you know, they're doing the flashbacks and different types of, you know, basically the whole origin story, they do that in flashbacks as the movie starts. Uh, they showed right. a bunch of tech, and one of the techs they showed was the sonic, uh, the sonic guns that were made from Stark technology. So when those uh, those Humvees come jumping up and start blasting the Hulk with the sonic waves, that's all Stark mm-hmm. technology. Huh. Yeah. So all that to say, yes, Incredible Hulk is part of the MCU. Okay. Now, the Ang Lee Hulk with Eric Bana and all that jazz and Jennifer Connelly, we can ignore that. That is not. Okay. Is not Second. But, but the one with uh, Ed Norton, that is definitely MCU. All right. So you are 100% correct in that the Incredible Hulk came out June 13th of 2008 and Iron Man came out May 2nd. Of 2008, I thought the the Incredible Hulk was first, so I'm gonna have to watch that end credit. Wow. Okay. Now, all that to say, um, they, you know, they they had an idea, and it wasn't quite as fully formed. I mean, obviously, they had an idea because they slapped in Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. Yep. You know, so they had an idea, and it obviously 
became much more cohesive and gelled over the next few movies and obviously came to a point with Avengers and then then they really started working towards you know how all these things tie in together whereas the DC extended universe oh my god is I'm sorry I I still haven't watched Justice League I know I will at some point I still haven't watched Batman versus Superman I probably will at some point but I'm I don't hate all the DC movies I loved Wonder Woman okay Wonder Woman was fantastic I loved Aquaman Aquaman was fantastic now Suicide Squad, which was one of my favorite comics in the 80s, is a festering turd. That movie is awful. So yeah, right. for me, DC is just really hit or miss. So I'm not against Shazam. It looks funny. But I guess I, at this point, I'm just not as invested into the DCEU as I am no. the MCU. So I do. Totally I, yep. I will see Shazam. I just I don't know if I need to see it in the theater. I'm going to go because I like going to the movie theater, but I, I totally hear what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not invested either. I, I want to be, I really want to be like, they need to figure it out. They need to. I think they are. I don't think people, I don't think people at large, the, the general pop, like my wife never got into any of this stuff, but she loves Marvel. The series. She, this is her favorite thing. She loves it. DC has some really cool characters. Like some really interesting characters, and um, I, I hope they get a chance to to do it. Like I always liked Green Arrow. I don't particularly like the C- CW show, but I he's, basically Green Arrow. Just, he's basically Batman in the show. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, he actually, if you read any of his com- on the show, yes, and uh, in the comics, he's much more of a um, uh, vigilante than Batman ever was. Like he, yes. he killed people. He, you know, I mean. He, uh, he took him out. He was almost a mix between Batman and the Punisher, like somewhere, um, which is kind of interesting. No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be fair. Comics wise, I grew up as a Marvel zombie. There's no question. But there were some comics in the 80s from DC that I adore and still adore. And when it comes to superhero teams, I never gave a shit about the Avengers. I still don't necessarily give a shit about them now in the comics. For me, the most badass superhero team of all was always Justice League. So the fact that For sure. I'm not, what's that? For sure. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that I'm not even, wasn't even interested and haven't even bothered to watch the DC Justice League is just because, oh, they just really seem to have shit the bed. And I just, I'm afraid I'm going to watch it and just be so disappointed. I'm sure it's okay. but It's better than Batman versus Superman if that helps. I just, I don't want it to be okay. I, for me, if they had done a Just League film right, it should have blown Avengers out of the water because I never really gave a shit about the Avengers. But Marvel, Marvel's fucking doing it, man. Yep. Sorry for the language. Nope, it's great. This is an adult show anyways. I I think that's a good way to end it. I think that's a really great way to end it. Marvel's doing it fucking great. We have uh, a few weeks, not even less than two weeks before the end game comes out. Um Let's Which, try. By the time and, people listen to yeah. this, that final Endgame trailer came out today. Did you see it? Yeah, uh, I did. I watched it right before I came in here. Oh my god, uh, I've probably watched it six, seven times already. Loved it. Yeah, it's really good. I don't really want to watch anymore. Um, so, with that in mind, we will uh, see what's in store for us for Endgame. Um, I need to get my ass in gear and get these things up and going. I got the website ready. So website's coming, y'all. Uh, it's up and running. I got I got uh, the domain going. 
um, WordPress. What's is the installed. domain? What's it called? It's uh, well, I'm gonna. Yeah, I should. I could put it on here because once it's, it's well, up, they should. Don't, don't lie to me. It is kybercast.com. Kyber. Simple as that. Spiber. K Y B E R C A S T dot com. Kybercast.com. There's nothing there right now, but it will be by the time this podcast is up. Um, it's like a hello world. Um, so yeah, that's going to happen. Um, you and I, I will, we'll get our asses together a little more frequent. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, I'm actually, uh, I would love to do a, a remote cast if I could ever do it. I am going to star Wars celebration, uh, in for Chicago real? for real. I'm going for one day, Saturday only, uh, that's really I'm going to read it early Friday. Well, all the cool shits on Monday, um, like episode nine panel. Let me ask you this. Ahead. Have you ever been to a comic book convention, a big one, a huge one, like one in Chicago? No, no. Oh, see, I, I've been to several. Um, so I went to, I went to Star Wars Celebration in Indianapolis way oh, wow. back in the day right before uh, War of the, or Attack of the Clones came out. Oh wow! And I enjoyed yeah, yeah. it. It was so much fun, but I was there for three days, and honestly, one day is enough. I mean, yes, there's different panels and stuff that, if you want to see them on a specific day, you got to be there for that day. But if you've ever been to a massive comic book convention, it's just like that, but only Star Wars stuff. So oh, it's gonna be. Crazy. I'll call that heaven. Um, it is heaven, but you, one day and you're kind of done. You've seen everything. Yeah. I am going early Friday. We're going to leave me and a friend uh, going to go early Friday and see what's going on around there. Maybe get in to see if we can get in somehow. If not, we'll hang out. Um, but yeah, we're there Saturday morning to get my, get my tickets. We're good. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So I think the next episode is we'll do this next Tuesday. I think we'll, we'll uh, figure out the topics. Then I think it'll still be Marvel or, or comic related. Um, and then when we get back, when I get back from star Wars celebration, I want to start, bringing a little bit of Star Wars back into this podcast because we've got it a lot coming called, up. Star it is Wars. A yeah, it is Kybercast and there's an avalanche of Star Wars stuff. Goodness coming. Hopefully goodness. Hopefully. Um, we'll well, I, I have to assume by the after celebration, the first trailer will be out. That should be. There should be a lot of trailers. A Mandalorian. I, I, and well, yeah, I expect that, but I, I want to, I want to know the name of the ninth Star Wars movie and I want to know, I want to see the trailer that better be yep. out by then. So I'm sure we'll have lots to say about that. Cool. Michael, it's been great again. I know we try to keep these podcasts. This is the problem when we don't talk every week that we'll go over in time. So um, we've, you know, I can make the time. It's, it's on me to get my ass to gear and we'll work it through. I appreciate it. This is so much fun. I don't, I can't even explain it. So (laughs) thanks everyone for listening. Always. It's a good time. (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Michael, thank you for your time. We're gonna we're gonna sign off and we'll see you guys out there soon. Sounds good. Have a good one.